name is Amanda. And I'm Kristen. And, and we are the Extra Sisters. Sisters. So sit back, relax, and let's get creepy. Welcome to episode 123. And in this episode, we are going to discuss a film that I missed from the mid-2000s, from 2007. It is called Wind Chill, starring Emily Blunt, produced by George Clooney, <laughs> one of my favorite composers ever, who did, he actually did the score for Requiem for a Dream, Kristen. Oh, yeah. It's like a hodgepodge of a film. I know. And it Windchill is I don't I don't really know. It's one of those things where the first thing I notice is I was like, okay, the whole film is blue. It's one of those things where it's in that era <laughs> yeah. where they just put a blue tint over the entire film, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. they took a blue like slide and they put it just like right in front of the camera. Right. You can even see it on the cover. If you guys don't want to watch the movie, you can at least look at it there. It's very blue. Yeah. I never had even heard of this movie. I had not either. That's something I'm liking doing with the Christmas movies is do like some Christmas horror and then like a wintry horror movie no one's ever heard of. It's just weird that it had such big, like George Clooney was behind it. And the film opened in limited distribution in April 07 in US and UK and Ireland in August 07, but then it went directly to DVD in most other markets. Mm-hmm. Like, and it pulled like 285000 at the box office. That was it. Yeah. I agree. I'd never heard of this movie before. Ever. And for the longest time, it's called Windchill, but I kept changing it in my mind to Winter Chill, and then I could never find it online. <laughs> Yeah, like, why the fuck doesn't this movie? <laughs> yeah. So it's like, even the title doesn't stick with you. No, it doesn't. And the movie probably won't either, to be honest. Yeah. Even though it's got Emily Blunt in it, and I really like her. Mm-hmm. But this was, you know, 2007, and she hadn't, like, really picked up speed yet, you know? Yeah. Which is fine, but they don't even have names either. Like the They characters. don't. Which I actually thought was an interesting choice like i'm not even saying good or bad just directors don't usually choose to not name their characters at all even if we don't hear the name it's usually in the credits and it's not they're labeled girl and guy yeah i mean these two characters spend this entire movie in a car and Mm -hmm. in limited settings like that it can go really good or really bad and actually in this one i didn't really have an opinion about it at all it was what it was and I have some thoughts about our guy character and our girl character about how they were. They were dumb. Yeah. I think it was another one of those. Once the the action started, I thought they were okay. But like before that, I thought it was another one of those failures of a generation trying to write a different generation. But it wasn't Mm -hmm. quite as bad in this case because they were at least college students and they weren't teen like high school teenagers you know Mm -hmm. they were at least a little bit more mature because i feel like if these same writers were trying to write high school kids they would (laughs) like totally abysmally failed and they should have named him like creep and bitch (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's exactly what i was gonna say is because first things first we have our main girl emily blunt she is trying to go home for christmas and she doesn't have a ride so our guy our main guy is the one who's giving her a ride he just put a notice up on the board and she called him saying that he's going exactly where she's going not creepy at all not creepy at all and then she gets in his car and it's like this beat up ass fucking car that you can barely get out of the door so fucking ted bundy this girl is so so dumb don't get in that fucking car yeah and like this isn't even that 
different of a time. It's 2007 and it's not trying to pretend it's not. Exactly. You know, and also we're in, I, what I would assume because they're driving to Delaware and it's incredibly snowy. So we're somewhere on the East coast. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's, like New England, and it's very cold, and his window won't even roll all the way up. I, I am not going to freeze my ass off for six hours mm-hmm. in your damn. I'll just go get back on the bus, or I won't go home. Like right, exactly. No, and no, I, there's like, no way to get in that fucking car. You are going anyways. I appreciate it, but never mind. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And plus, there's like a bunch of other, like you assume it's a ride share, so there's going to be like more people, but there's not. Just them. Exactly. And also, I I don't, like this is not a thing I've ever heard of in colleges. Maybe it is, but like now it would be like not allowed, I don't think. Like they can't stop people from doing it on their own, but just having a board for like, hey, get in this stranger's car. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Super not- creepy. Yeah, I do not think it would be a thing. But she gets in this random dude's car. And the first thing you see is that she accidentally, because he's basically says he's getting kicked out of his apartment. So his entire life is in this car. She barely has room for her and her stuff. And she leaves a bag behind. She had to like make room. She took a bag out and left it on in the parking lot. Because she's like, so fucking ditzy. She is that bitch. Except they make her an engineer and she's incredibly intelligent and right? that comes in later too. And and so they're trying to make her a strong woman character, but then they also use other tropes of her being like a, and I'm not saying you can't be multifaceted. <laughs> right. <laughs> like you can't be a bitch and super intelligent, but it's like they're trying to make her like the attractive like bitch female character and that's that's not like what I think but that's just like you know the stereotype especially in the 2000s and so like when they're in the car she's like on the phone completely ignoring him talking about how she should have been in Cabo and making him feel bad you know and it's like oh so she's a bitch and he's right this guy you're supposed to feel sorry for because he's with this pretty girl and obviously like kind of interested in her which is it gets even creepier, you know? Yeah. Like, you're supposed to feel for him, but you don't for the longest time. Because you're also like, are you a fucking creep? Are you going to fucking rape and kill her like Ted Bundy did? Because you're acting like him. Also, maybe in 2007, you would have felt bad for him as his character <laughs> develops. But I never felt bad for him, not even once. No. I mean, like, I felt bad for him because, I mean... You know, spoiler, he dies because it's a horror movie. Like, I feel bad for him dying because he's just some teenage kid in college in the beginning. Like, he doesn't deserve that. I mean, that I sucks. feel bad for him dying, but, like, they eventually have, like, this love story, but it's only out of trauma bonding. And that's, a yeah. that's not sweet. That's not that they tried it and it, it did not do anything for me. I was like, I get trying to like bond together because you're the only two there. And that makes sense. Like holding each other because you're scared, but then like having this whole, like basically lost love is like so stupid because Mm -hmm. in the end he's a creep because he was a creep, which we'll get into. But like, that's the whole thing is he was a fucking creep. (laughs) I'm just saying if anybody ever did that to me because she was fucking creeped out by him in the beginning and that never changed like 
his story never changed. How he got her in that car never changed. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we get the fact that he has somewhat or at least more so of a good heart than, say, Ted Bundy. But I keep bringing that up because it is just like that. He's in this beat up car. He manipulates a girl to get her in there. He acts very sketchy, saying things like, yeah, I live in Delaware. And yeah, that's the school I went to. And she's like, that school doesn't fucking exist. Shit like that. Like he is he is creepy. But at the same time, then you get. I guess the goodness of his heart stuff where he just wanted to be with her and he sits behind her in class and he went to Catholic school. So he's supposed to be this goody goody little boy. It it, it is weird. Like you get both sides of it, but they don't exactly mesh. Exactly. And something I brought up is like, this is also a movie with timestamps. So, you know, it's going to be a good time. (laughs) You know, like we start at 5 15 PM and they're going Mm -hmm. down the highway and it's super snowy, obviously. And she's painting her toenails in the car. Like, yeah. there's, that. again, so many things that just, in my opinion, were not super realistic. But he... I mean, I've painted my toenails in the car, but not with some fucking stranger. That's yeah. weird. I don't know why, but that seems like a personal thing that you don't do in front of strangers. I think the smell would just knock me out. <laughs> Nail polish smell? Yeah, in a car, yeah. Mm. Well, his window doesn't roll up all the way. That's true. That's true. <laughs> so they get to a gas station and her toenails are still wet. So he like piggybacks her into the gas station, which is, I, I don't know. There are just so many things about this movie that just make you feel weird. And maybe that's the point, I guess, because they're trying to like make you uncomfortable because she's uncomfortable. So you're trying to get that like secondhand discomfort, if you will. Yeah. I, I don't care. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Put your goddamn shoes on, girl. I don't care if he's going to carry you in. It's still a convenience store in the middle of fucking nowhere. There's no way that place is clean. I would not touch my bare feet on that shit. Mm-mm. No. Especially going to the bathroom. No way. Yeah. When she does put her fucking shoes on when she gets to the bathroom, then put them on the fucking car. Yeah. No, no fucking way. And she gets like locked in the bathroom and you think that's going to be a whole thing because she starts like screaming and no one is paying attention to her. And it's like a whole big thing. And it's like this, it's actually kind of like a big scene. Like, yeah, but where did it go? It didn't go anywhere. Exactly. That was frustrating to me. I was like, oh, okay. So they're going to be the bad guys. They're going to track them down in their car or something. No, that never happened. Mm -mm. The only thing I could think he was talking to that guy about that side road i guess maybe i don't know which then leads you back to is he fucking some serial killer yeah i don't know but that doesn't go anywhere it's like the things that the movie is telling you are going to happen end up not happening and it ends up as actually a ghost story which spoil alerts my review I don't think it was needed. I think that the ghost story actually almost took away from it. I think that you could have had him as a serial killer or as these people at the gas station, I don't know, like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre type thing where they hunt them down. I think that would have been much more satisfying. Or even the ghost story in like a different, I didn't necessarily mind it, I guess the ghost story part, but when you go towards the end and they tried to tie it all together with these ghosts story, Mm -hmm. it didn't really mesh very well to the rest of it so they mm-hmm. tried very hard to make this a i'm trying to think of another really good ghost story that had a good ghost story like 
like I'm talking about the ghost's actual like chronological story where you are actually following the ghost and everything that happened to them. And it kind of takes you into the ghost's world and you're like understanding the ghost. It kind of tried to do that. Mm-hmm. but It didn't do that. It didn't give you enough time to do that because basically we go down this side road he diverts off the highway which you can see immediately like if you've ever lived in in a state where you have to drive in the snow you stay on the tire tracks yeah period especially when you're in like a car that's not built for snow which he is not four-wheel drive Yeah. yeah he's very much in a car that's not built for this kind of weather yeah it's like a pos fucking oldsmobile from the goddamn 80s 90s like no yeah and it could be fine on a highway that's taken care of, but then he yeah. like goes down this side road and there, there are no lanes. Like you can't, it's just packed down snow, which is super slick. You don't get any traction. And of course there's a car coming towards them that like causes them to get into an accident and a pretty severe accident because they're knocked out b- between the two of them for quite a while and it hurts him so bad that you find out later he's like tries to go get help and he was like spitting up blood and he was like peeing blood and also like he has severe internal bleeding. Yeah. And he's like bleeding out of his ear kind of stuff. Yeah. He's like fucked up. Yeah. Which he hides from her for quite a while. Because but- he's fucking dumb. Oh my God. You both could have both could have walked to the fucking gas station and maybe gotten a fucking ambulance. You're an idiot. Yeah. Instead, they and I get that it's like, you know, the whole thing of wind chill is that you hear on the radio, it's going to be like a negative 30 wind chill. And it's like, well, you're you're going to free more than likely freeze to death either in the car or trying to get to the gas station. At least trying to get to the gas station gives you some sort of because uh, it wasn't they didn't drive for that long before they got it. Exactly. And you they see that later. Probably fucking make it. Yeah. yeah. She gets to the gas station very quickly. <laughs> yeah. And that's why later you're like, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) You wasted, I didn't, you wasted my whole ass movie when you could have just walked over that hill. (laughs) And you wasted his whole ass life. His whole ass life. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But, and so then this whole thing starts because they're in this car and they can't get out of this snowbank. Somebody ran them off the road and he notices when he comes to that there are no tire tracks. Now, before they crashed, she started realizing that he was being a creep because he's lying about being from Delaware. He actually just, you know, made this whole thing up so he could get her in the car alone for six hours because he wanted to get to know her. He also, they never come back around to this. She never brings this shit up. And this was the creepiest part to me. She says she wants LASIK eye surgery. And he says, you look so good in your glasses. And she's like, how do you know I never wear my glasses outside of my dorm? Yeah, that's the creepy stuff. Yeah, that's and fucked like, up. The whole, like, I'm shy and I don't know how to get you alone and, like, roping you into this whole thing. Like, I get that could be, like, a kind of, like, daydream fantasy thing that you could make happen. Okay, I'll forgive you for that one. But they never talk about the fact that he knows what she looks like in her glasses and she never wears it outside of her dorm. So what is he doing? Just staring in her window all the time? Yeah, that'd be my assumption. That's fucking gross. They never come back around to that. And that's why when eventually they fucking trauma bond and she like falls in love with him, even though it's not real love and it's not a real love story, we just ignore that. (laughs) Right. He's still a creep. Like, 
No, he definitely, he is. Like, I get them trying to get you to like him because he's dying, but still. Mm-hmm. And also, he does this thing later where he starts, oh, I put it in my notes, he starts, like, blaming her for all his problems with women in general. And he does that whole, like, nice guy thing. And I'm like, ew, fucking stop. Like, they're, like, eating, and he's like, I can't, he fools the whole, like, I can't ever win with women like you, and meh, meh, meh. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa chill the fuck out bro (laughs) just because you won't talk to a woman doesn't mean that like she's the root of all your problems exactly calls him out for it which is you know a good thing but it's like Mm -hmm. i don't feel sorry for your character i don't feel sorry for you i know it's hard to talk to people but you could have emailed her this is 2007 right staring in her window and peeking and i don't know what you're doing behind her in class smelling her i don't know it's creepy don't do it do the shy guy thing and write her a letter. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Like Kristen and I are both very introverted and both have partners. Like you can do it. <laughs> you can figure it out. Yeah, I promise. There are ways to do it. Like people that don't leave their houses also get married. So I don't know what to tell you. I'm not <laughs> saying it's not difficult, but it can be done. Anyways. So they wake up. It's 629 when they wake up, by the way. So we started at uh, 515 and now it's 629. She tries to call 911 and of course she can't. And he notices that the car that left them left no tire tracks. So spooky. <laughs> and it was the groceries that she left behind. So they also have no food. And he like also, also, which we never know, bought all of her favorite food. Yeah, that's so creepy. How does he know that? Again, they've never spoken. Yeah. And it's like very specific, like the fucking caviar she likes or whatever. It's like very specific shit. Granted, I guess, I don't know, Facebook. The specific, I mean, this was specific types of like pickles. And in like 2007, that was infancy facebook still like myspace days you know like this is true. not the kind of things we were like talking about and like he did say he asked around for where she lived but like if somebody was like hey what kind of charcuterie board does she like i'd be like i don't fucking know bro you know like mm-hmm. way too specific so yeah i don't like there are just so many things they just expect us to be like okay with and i'm just like Maybe in two thousand okay maybe in two thousand seven we'd have been like, Oh my god, that's so sweet. <laughs> Here in twenty twenty, I'm like, What the fuck? <laughs> Are you going through my computer? Are you staring in my dorm when I'm buying groceries? Are you following mm-hmm. me? Very well may have been following her around at the grocery store. hmm Stalking her for weeks. I don't know. Not yeah. cute though. Very creepy. Also, he mentions like, well, if we fell in love, this could just be like a sweet story we have as part of our love story about how I trapped you in a car for six hours. <laughs> on all Minus his creepy stalkingness, I could actually see how if they fell in love, that would be a sweet story. Naturally, they survived. In love, though. Not like. Yeah, exactly. We like this is actually just a genuine rideshare thing. That'd be an adorable story. Minus the death, but still. Right, right. If it was a genuine ride chair. Right, but it's not. Yeah. And then the car runs out of gas. So they're super fucked. They keep this thing running, though. Like, okay, so I'm just gonna get on my little soapbox for a second. Like, y'all's mom 
Just going to say, as someone who lives in a snowy part of the country, don't ever just leave your car running when you're just sitting there and it's snowing out. Don't ever fucking do that because snow will get in your exhaust and fucking kill you. Like those people that die in their garages by the exhaust, don't do that. You at least have to get out and brush the snow out of there sometimes. That's what I was going to say. Get out and go like check the snowbank drift. Mm-hmm. You're going to... Granted, though, that's if you want to die... <laughs> yes not a bad way to go well that's how i feel when they do start to freeze to death they start to they're like oh my god i'm just so tired i'm falling asleep and i'm like i hate to put like i don't want to be cold i hate being cold it's literally the worst thing in the world to me is being cold but at the same time if all i do is fall asleep that's a good way to go i guess well she even says it's like falling asleep you know when you freeze to mm-hmm. death so yeah not the worst way to go i guess now getting drug and like dragged out of your car by a crazy ghost cop not great not great yeah because even before this they have seen people walking around and ignoring them and they've been ghosts and they've like kind of explored around and they've seen like a house that had like some spooky people laying in bed that are obviously dead they are burnt the fuck up yeah and None of this is scary. Like, for quite a while in this movie, I was bored. So bored. Like, mm-hmm. I wasn't, like, the most bored I've ever been watching a horror movie, but I was super not interested in the characters. I was not interested in the ghosts because they were not scary. I started to get that, like, kind of up on my high horse being a horror fan of, like, this is what happens when, like, A-list actors come in and try to do a horror movie and they get pretentious about it (laughs) (laughs) yeah but it got better but like at first when they started showing the ghosts I was like not about it like it was just not interesting I was trying to fight myself trying not to like scroll on like social media and Mm -hmm. stuff because like I was like Facebook's more interesting right now than this (laughs) yeah I didn't do it but good job I'm proud of you thank you but (laughs) They get back in the car because they're, of course, like, freaked out. They're realizing those people aren't paying attention to them. And she even has, like, an encounter with one of them. And, like, I don't know, what was it, like, leeches or snakes or something are falling out of its face. And they also tried to go for some shock horror with the face of a ghost. And it was also not effective. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I don't know. And not even 2007 middle school me would have been, like, <laughs> I would have been, like, yeah. Rather go watch the guy eat the skin cookies on Black Christmas for shock. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so they get back in the car and somebody knocks on their window and you see kind of the bottom half of his face and he it's a cop and he they're like, Oh my god, thank God we're saved. She gets out of the car and you know, is like, Well, he's he wants money because he is talking about like maybe we can come some come to some kind of arrangement and my initial thought was like, oh, you nasty ass bitch yeah. not having sex with you to get out of this car. I would rather die. I agree. That was the first place I went to. Her first thought was money. And I was like, oh, you sweet, innocent baby child. <laughs> <laughs> right. Because now especially, but I think even in 2007, I think even probably in the 90s, people's first thought would be, you want me mm. to sleep with you, don't you? Yeah, she's very much that ditzy, naive girl that has been spoiled rotten her whole life and hasn't had to really think for herself. 
Yeah, she does come to the conclusion like, oh my God, just how much cash do you have? He wants money. He wants money. But like, he doesn't want money. Not at all. But like you as the viewer are pretty quick to figure out, like you see his cop car and it's got like one little light on it. And you're like, that looks like a cop car from like the 50s or 60s. Mm-hmm. And it is because he's a ghost. And you learn quickly that when he was alive, he used to just like torture women and lure them out onto that road and, you know. Yeah. Yeah. He's a great guy. Great guy. Yeah. But you get like a calling card for him. Their radio starts to go off and play rocking around the Christmas tree anytime he's going to come up. So they get a little bit of a warning at least. Mm -hmm. But she gets into, he basically tries to force her into his car and he comes up behind her and, or behind the cop. And what was it like a, like a tire iron or something. Mm-hmm. Like I don't remember exactly what it was, but yeah, I would assume something like that out of his uh, car. Yeah, to hit him, and it works. They get like something else that weird happens a couple times. Is anytime they have a confrontation with this ghost, and it's over, they just end up like getting slammed back into their car. You know, mm-hmm. kind of weird. Yeah, it's really weird. There's like a time travel aspect that they don't ever talk about, which I get. Our characters are not going to know unless more research is done, but maybe don't have it in your film if you're not going to resolve it. Yeah, I don't know. I, obviously, it's something to do with Christmas and something to do with this guy dying around Christmas, but why are they getting teleported? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just weird. Like, this, again, I think this movie tried to be a lot deeper and... It tried to have so many moving parts and it didn't need them. Yeah, because it didn't care that much. <laughs> yeah, it, it is a simple movie premise. Like, what I liked about it was them trying to survive the the night. That was the interesting part. Delve more into that. Less moving parts. Yeah, my favorite parts was them in the car together, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Anytime the ghosts were coming, I was like... <sighs> yeah, or when she has to climb the pole and he has to be alone and try to survive while he's bleeding out. And she's trying to call the cops from this telephone pole up there. Like, that was intense for me. The I agree. surviving part. No, I totally agree. And they, he immediately gets, like, second to third degree frostbite when he makes contact with this ghost. And yeah, that, don't fucking touch. Yeah, that comes back later. Mm-hmm. There's also, she put up this newspaper. This is also something that I didn't understand. I just, I, I know that they're they're in some supernatural portal, obviously. And mm-hmm. so I'm trying to understand that, that this is some weird, we're in some other dimension. And so maybe that's all the explanation that I need. But she puts up a newspaper to, like, cover the window and it's mm-hmm. from the 50s. And she's just okay with that. And she finds a, a story about that cop. Like being mm-hmm. that cop. And I was just kind of like, okay. I have a problem with the newspaper, but mine's more technical. She keeps taping the newspaper over that crack in the window to the door or to the, the ceiling of the car. And then she has to open the door and it falls over, over and over and over again. But then she keeps sticking it up like it totally has support now. I promise you that's not how... That works. Yeah. And also, like, it's one of those things. The newspaper, I feel like, is one of those mechanisms they use in movies to show you mm-hmm. as the audience what you need to know because you're not smart enough, even though they already showed you with a flashback. 
Yes, agreed, agreed. Or maybe they're just trying to show the character, but then they fucking don't need it because they give the character a dream about it. Yeah. When she's like freezing to death. So pick one. You didn't need them both. You didn't need two epiphanies about it. It, Back to the too many moving parts. You guys couldn't decide on what you wanted. You wanted the Ted Bundy thing. You wanted the survival thing. You wanted a ghost story. You wanted the newspaper. You wanted the dreams, flashbacks. You wanted all. Mm -hmm. And that is why your movie, no offense, is not great. I actually didn't mind it, but it's not amazing. Yeah, it just doesn't know what it is. Exactly. Like, when you read the script as an actor, are you like, okay, wait, what? What is, who, what? You know? I think maybe the script would make more sense than actually watching it on screen, but I don't know. Right. Now, in all fairness, you guys, I have tried to write a book before, and I'm one of those people that adds everything in. That's why I review movies and don't make them. (laughs) <laughs> you're like wait let me explain <laughs> real quick. so you know what I'm getting at and I can- well I mean it's same thing like maybe George Clooney should have stayed out of this like, I, I, he may not have even had a lot to do with this movie just producing it just hey sure I'll throw money at it but still True. maybe back out a little bit that, that's totally fair that's totally fair so they fall asleep and she wakes up kind of and it's a dream the radio clicks on for just a second so you know there's a ghost around and it smashes the window tries to take her and then it flashes back to her being another woman in the 50s and the it showing the cop being a woman abuser that would murder them on the side of the road and like bury them in a shallow grave and then of course she's dreaming about it and so she wakes up and then he wakes up and sees the cop car again and then she kind of looks over and sees that she's still being all fidgety and dreaming and going through what that woman went through. So they're kind of going back and forth and they both wake up and the cop is back and he's like on top of their car and they're like holding each other, freaking out and the car is rocking around and then nothing happens. It's like, there's a lot of that in this movie. They can't do anything. I guess if they don't get out of the car. So like, I don't know it, it and then then it's 4 58 a.m so it's almost dawn it's like mm-hmm. so close to dawn and then that's when she finds out that he's been peeing blood and he looks real bad like <laughs> yeah like he is definitely dying even if she didn't find out that he had been like peeing blood like you can look at him and know <laughs> be like you good you're white as a sheet but your eyes are pretty dark what's going on here <laughs> I'm not sure if this... No, you can look at him and know that death is a knock-in. Like, <laughs> yeah. He's gonna die. He's not talking anymore. Like, he's dying. Right. Also, I mean, even if he's not bleeding to death, you... Like, if you guys don't want to freeze to death, you actually do need to get up and move around some. And they don't do that. They just kind of sit in the car, because it's warm, I get it, ish, and kind of fall asleep. That's how you're going to die. And he could be fucking dying of hypothermia right now. Yeah. And I know that she says, not a chance, when he's like, you know, there's like a better way we could stay alive. And it is body heat. But mm-hmm. I know, and I probably would be the same way, but also you're getting to the point where you're going to die. So maybe get naked. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. Because at this point, too, you've already decided that you are fond of him. And he, at 
probably is not going to remember or give a shit what your fucking naked body looks like mm. and survives. So, right. But also he is a creep and I understand, but also do you want to live to call him a creep or what? Cause like, <laughs> exactly. You're not going to at this point, or at least that's what it looks like. So he's dying. She knows it. She doesn't want him to die because now she likes him. So it's like yeah. Stockholm, except he's not the kidnapper. They're just kidnapped together. <laughs> right. So she sees a telephone pole. And again, she's an engineering student. So she sees a telephone pole and he has a landline in his car because he was moving out of his apartment and it's 2007. So he has a phone <laughs> with a jacket. Yeah. If it was nowadays, we'd be fucked. But she tells him to listen for the song that comes on the radio and honk. And if it comes on, she'll run back to the car, which I don't think you'll have enough time personally, but whatever. Yeah. And they kiss and you're only kissing him because he's dying. And that is so weak. That is so weak. <laughs> people need people. I get it. So she's climbing that pole and that's a no for me. I would just <laughs> in the snow and ice. Exactly. Yeah. And she does slip. I, I think I would rather freeze to death than try to climb up that pole to call the cops because I think I would just die climbing up it anyways. So mm -hmm. and not in a great way, like, oh god, you're gonna break so much shit. You're gonna be buried in the snow and no one's ever gonna find you. Maybe a dog. Yeah, after <laughs> like eat you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> And she's wearing mittens, so it's not like you even got your fingers at their bed. Yeah. You know? So, she finally does get to the top. She opens up the box, and she plugs in the phone. She calls 911. And what's really frustrating about this is it's so... I would have rather them had just let her get through easily than, like, the ghost come around and disrupt her connection. Because at this point, you're just kind of tired. Mm-hmm. Just let her get through. Yeah, but they don't because the ghost is coming around. And she got through to 911, but you don't really know if they, because they were like, what, what, what? <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. So you're like, oh, they're not going to fucking find her. Yeah. So she does get back and it, he's dead. Yep. He dead, dead. But my first thought was like, oh, well, he's a ghost now, so he can help her. Right, exactly. And that's exactly. how we have the ghost story in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because a lot these all of these ghosts have died on this road, so he's just going to now be like one of those ghosts on this road. He, apparently, he's going to be trapped here forever, which is unfortunate. But yeah, that's really sad. For the time being, it will probably benefit her, and it does eventually. Not right away, but for some stupid reason. <laughs> It does. So 5.43 a.m. She's just chilling with his dead body. A plow finds them. And you don't know if this plow is a ghost or not. <laughs> You're kind of like sketched out about him because he knows all of the very specific dates and stories of like everyone mm -hmm. that died on this road. So you're like, oh, you're one of them, aren't you? <laughs> right. But he's not. And another car comes towards them. And then the song comes on the radio and he's like radioing and he's I think he says like Tom is that you and she's like it, it's not Tom we're about to fucking get run off the road again yep. <laughs> well here we go <laughs> and this is when I got a little like the whole time I've been like 
you know, understood what was going on. It's not that I didn't understand this. I was just like, this is where I didn't quite get where they were going with this. They tried to do the whole, like, this is the story of all these ghosts. Let me show you. Mm-hmm. I didn't really like it. I don't yeah. know about you, but they do crash and then it does, it takes them, it does like this flashback to this whole scene of all of these people. I thought of a perfect example of matching up with something because you were talking about matching up with like another ghost story that did it well. What was The it? Grudge. Oh yeah, that's true. Going in that house and seeing the ghosts move around and stuff, like you are a part of it. In this you eventually see that the cop ran a couple of kids off the road, killed them, and there are priests that lived up on this hill. That's the house, the burnt out house we found with the dead bodies. And the priests heard it and came down to give last rites to the kids. They made it just in time. And that's all we've heard so far. Now in the flashback, we see that the priests actually could have saved the cop as well, but they knew how bad he was. They actually saw him take one of the women and go kill her. And they saw how bad he was, so they just walked away. Yeah. Yeah. Which I, is fine or whatever, I guess. But they could have just left it at that, and they didn't. Yeah. They did this whole thing where they're watching it. Like, Emily Blunt's character is watching this happen and kind of gaining some understanding. Blah, blah, blah. But then, like, mm-hmm. the cop comes out of the fire to kill the snow plow driver, the tow truck, dri- tow truck driver. And immediately upon touching him, he just, like, freezes, but, like, in the most dramatic way. I'm not talking about, like, freezes to death. I mean, like, just covers in ice and frostbite. Mm-hmm. Like he's Jack Frost now. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and she doesn't... She gets in the tow truck, but she's been fairly smart this whole time once she starts making decisions about survival. And she gets in the snowplow tow truck, and she doesn't close the passenger side door. Yeah. Dumb. Like, what the fuck? Are you kidding me? You can't have a character. You cannot write a strong female engineer character and do shit like that. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense for your character. You can't make her a badass climbing telephone poles, plugging in phone jacks to call 911, and then have her forget to close a passenger side door when she knows the only way she's going to be safe is closing the fucking doors of a car. Mm-hmm. It just made me so mad. <laughs> no, I agree with you. They didn't know their character. They wanted everything. Like I keep saying, they wanted it all. Uh, and it, it feels like that like your movie failed because you wanted it all and didn't pick so he obviously is coming in for her but then you see her friend even though he did do the same thing he did before say get away from her you bastard and hit him with the tire iron again and then she's back in the car with his dead body and I still am like what what I did. You, you could have just left her in the tow truck. What happened to the tow truck? What happened to the tow truck driver? Do those things just not exist anymore? Because somebody's going to be looking for them because he was on a radio and he even said, I got the accident. Mm-hmm. I did. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah. But, anyways. I hated the time travel y aspect. Yeah. Fucking hated that. Yeah. So, 
she is found. You see a fire truck get her out and put his body away. And in the daylight, you see his body, his ghost basically come to her and said, I would have told you everything eventually. It would have been this sweet, funny story we had. And it's like, shut the fuck up. Or can we get over that? (laughs) And it, oh, I'm sorry. This happens after or before this happens so her the ghost comes to her before the fire truck happens i'm sorry i got my notes mixed up the ghost comes to her walks her over this hill that wasn't even that far of a walk to the gas station and that's when she was able to call for help and it's like oh you could have just walked over that hill you both could have fucking survived had you gotten your asses up and tried yeah now i know they probably didn't know which way to go but again like they could have just tried. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't have any trivia. Well, I can tell you what Rotten Tomatoes thinks. <laughs> I'm excited. What does Rotten Tomatoes think? Well, there's only 24 critics on here that have rated it, and they rated it a 46%, which is a little higher than I thought that it would be rated. Mm-hmm. And the audience gave it a 31. Hmm. Yeah, the wind chill, this is the consensus that's at the very top, is a ghost story with a clunky and unpolished script that fails to keep viewers in suspense. Yeah, basically. Yeah. I mean, there were a couple times when she was climbing the telephone pole that I was like, oh, God. But that Mm -hmm. had nothing to do with their ghost story. Exactly. That's like I keep saying, I don't think it needed the fucking ghost story. And if it did, the the ghost story part needed to be more refined. Yes. Yeah. And the emotional parts were just very, like, they did have a few, like, sweet scenes between them. But again, because of the things that he had set up as a character, I didn't fucking care because I didn't like them together. Like, I, mm-hmm. I did not want to see them together because it, I just... It's one of those things where you go to, like, a movie trading company or an entertain mart and you are rummaging around in a dollar movie bin and you pull it out and you're like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, exactly. Honestly, this probably could have been on like our dollar movies on Patreon. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, and I will say something that somebody said is a positive is that it could be a good campfire story. And, you know, that as like a, if somebody cut this down to like a 10 minute campfire story, yeah, maybe without all the fluff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like about a a road that lures people down it that has killed a bunch of people over the years. I'm sure there's something like it. But Well, I mean, as a Supernatural fan, I've mentioned this to you guys before. There is an episode that is almost this, but so much fucking better. It's just about people that get to a certain section of the highway at the same time every single year. And they have to outrun a serial killer who used to hunt girls through those woods. That was it. It was 40 minutes and it was fucking great. Yeah. Well, this was an hour and 35 and mm, no. poor Emily Blunt. Now, I don't feel sorry for her anymore because she's very wealthy, <laughs> married to John Krasinski, and she's killing it. But Right, exactly. This is probably one she just doesn't talk about. This was not her role. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what would you grade this one? A two. Two? Yeah, I was thinking because... <sighs> This one's hard for me. I'm not saying I loved this movie. I didn't. 
but the, between the two and the three are actually kind of hard for me because I would give it a three if it were the the serial killer story or if it were just the survival story. I would have probably have given it a three. But adding on the ghost story and the creepy stalker elements and so many things that we never picked back up that were just laying in there, I guess, yeah, two. You know, even if they had stuck with one ghost, maybe the ghost of just that cop, okay, do one or thing. maybe the end of his ghost coming back like that would have been kind of sweet yeah or something like that yeah no. too let's much rewrite wind chill <laughs> <laughs> yeah let's do it again so yeah i mean if you want just like a wintry snow it's definitely not like you're not watching it enraged the whole time like i don't feel like i just it was a monumental waste of my time it just mm-hmm. doesn't could have been like a lot more like tightened up you know yeah definitely so yeah meh definitely could be missed but if your sole purpose for december is to find like all the wintry movies you can yeah add it to your list (laughs) yeah but there are definitely ones you can put on before this i guarantee yeah like the children was another weird one that we did last year that nobody had ever heard of that was actually really good that one was really good i really like that one do that one instead (laughs) right exactly well thank you guys so much for hanging out with us and we hope you are having a wonderful december slash winter and you can of course find us on all of our social medias at the extra sisters podcast and twitter is at the extra sisters and if you would like to join our little patreon family before we head into the new year it is patreon.com slash the extra sisters podcast and next time we're moving on into the new year and our first movie try to survive 30 days in darkness until then stay creepy 